Welcome to my podcast. This is Mike Cohen, and it's an absolute honor and a pleasure to have the uh, leader of the Quebec Liberal Party, Dominic Angled, with me today. Uh, Ms. Angled, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. So it's terrific to talk to you. And, I, and the first thing I want to talk about is my good friend, David Birnbaum, who does a, a fantastic job as the MA for Darcy McGee. David and I go back decades. He has a, uh, a, a very interesting event coming up. It's uh, on uh, the uh, 20, Tuesday, the June 22nd at 6.30 p.m. And it's uh, the theme of being well, staying well in a post-pandemic world. It's a, a Liberal Party of Quebec panel on mental health. Uh, uh, Dan Laxer, Dr. Mitch Shulman, Dr. Cindy Finn, Ruth Pelche will be there, and you'll be giving opening remarks. And I imagine uh, as a leader of a party, uh, as, as a mom, as a wife, uh, as a citizen, obviously, you know, you know what everyone's been going through with the pandemic. So uh, mental health has been a, a big theme, of course, for the last year and a half in terms of uh, our concerns in the community. For, for sure. It is a critical issue. Uh, we, uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, uh, I remember having conversations and interviews and people were saying, what, what is it that we're not seeing right now that might become a big problem? And the first answer was mental health, because we always consider this as, yes, it's important, it's part of, a, of healthcare in general, but it doesn't have the same status as other, um, uh, other health problems, as you know. And this is why we were, really, uh, we were really adamant that we needed to bring forward a proposal that would allow uh, everybody to have access to services regarding mental health. So this is something that we're really passionate about. Uh, David and I uh, had a number of conversations around this, and it is important to get the experts uh, at the table uh, to tell us how we should be um, looking at this issue uh, in a post-pandemic situation, knowing full well that many, if not everybody, has been impacted by, uh, uh, by, by the pandemic. And um, the consequences are real for children. The consequences are real for, uh, for adults, for, for senior people that were really high isolated. So uh, this, is a, this is an excellent opportunity to talk about what we need to do in the future regarding uh, the, regarding mental health. And if the pandemic, if we really see by the end of the summer that it really is continuing to go down and we're moving in the right direction and we're going to start getting back to a little bit of a normal life, we hear that the situation regarding mental health is only then going to start to appear because right now it's a pandemic, but when things get back to normal, we may see a bigger crisis. Well, we see it with what's going on, for example, with, uh, with women and domestic violence. We see it when uh, uh, people start getting out of their houses and how they were confined and the consequences of that. So I really believe that you're going to see uh, the issues surfacing uh, a lot more. Um, and we realize as well, as there was a, an article that was quite interesting, showing that uh, there was a significant increase in children and, uh, and teenagers uh, going to uh, to the hospital because of a mental health problem. So uh, I, I really believe that it's going to be surfacing a lot more after the pandemic. And the other question that we need to ask ourselves is: the pandemic will have long term long term impact on uh, on mental health, and we don't know what those impacts are yet. We're going to find out as we go as well. So we need to conduct research uh, regarding those those issues. Yes, you're you're correct. And and so you and in, in your in your particular situation. You, uh, you became the leader of the party during the pandemic. That had to be yes. a very difficult time uh, to, to, to take over a big job like that. Well, for sure it's unusual, but everything was unusual. 
everything was unusual in the last in the last 15 months. Uh, it's uh, you, you don't get to see uh, to get together. You don't get to work with your caucus physically. Everything is remote. Uh, you have to think about new ideas that you want to bring forward in a context where everybody's talking about the pandemic. All, Although there are other issues that need to be uh, that need to be discussed, so uh, it's not it's not easy. Uh, but on the other hand, nothing has been easy for for, for people in general. So it's the it's the life that we're leading today. Uh, but we do have to be uh, proactive in proposing new ideas, uh, in uh, in be really sensitive to what's going on. And I was talking to uh, teenagers um, and young adults, and they were telling me, you know, if you want to talk about mental health, for example, you need to be able to reach out to us. And the traditional ways of doing that, they don't work. Um, so yeah. we need to be extremely creative in the way we approach uh, uh, approach issues. What, what, about, what about you became the leader of the party? You're, you got a husband, you've got children, yes. uh, children who had to go to school during a pandemic. How, how, how difficult was that to handle for you, uh, when, uh, you know, in your life? It's never easy. I have three children. They're uh, 9, 12, and 14. Uh, uh -huh. So two were in, uh, in, in high school, one in primary school. So uh, it was not, uh, it, it's still not easy. Uh, yeah. but, but, then, but then you relate to what people are going through. Uh, right. Everybody has, like, is going through a tough, uh, uh, through tough times, uh, and uh, the kids are doing well. Uh, husband is doing well, but it's, <laughs> it's always striking. It's always striking the right balance, right? Uh, yeah. Politics is not easy on families, so you have to know right. what you're getting yourself into. But it's doable. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. it's doable. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and of course, uh, I guess it, with three kids in school, uh, as a leader of a party. You must have been following all the decisions that were being made regarding education, uh, regarding schools being open, schools not being open, kids wearing masks. Uh, not only you could criticize it, but you, you had these three children coming home and telling you how things were going, right? Oh, absolutely. And they had a lot of opinions as to how things <laughs> were working and uh, telling me this doesn't make sense and this would need to change. So they were very... Uh, uh, they were very proactive in telling me what they think uh, should, should change. But uh, again, it tells you that uh, there's a lot of work to be done as well with our children. A uh, number of them have uh, uh, are not behind, uh, even though they pass to the next level. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of work to uh, to accompany families that are more vulnerable, uh, that were not getting the support that they needed, that they had uh, perhaps. Uh, parents with mental health problem, or mm -hmm. uh, they had uh, uh, they had issues uh, uh, with uh, uh, people getting divorced, separated. I mean, people were going through uh, again tough times. So I, yeah. I think uh, education is going to be key for us as well. Like those last eighteen months are going to have consequences long term, and we need to be really realistic about uh, uh, the work that uh, that's ahead of us. I agree with you. I want to compliment you wearing my hat as a city councillor because we went to David Birnbaum, our M&A, and we talked to him about the fact that we don't know in November when municipal elections take place what status we're going to be in with the pandemic. We have no idea. And uh, so we were pushing in Cold St. Luke, Mayor Mitchell Brownstein and I specifically, for there to be a vote by mail. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't going anywhere, but David Birnbaum took it to your office, and then you took it yeah. to your municipal affairs critic, and it's thanks to the liberals that at least people over 70 will be able to vote for mail. So I want to thank you for that. And, and, and at least that's something for us. I would have been nicer if the government would have allowed it to be at, uh, you know, younger ages to start with. 
Well, the role of the opposition is to is to propose also. It's not only yeah. to criticize, but it's to propose yeah. new ideas or to propose, a, uh, try to fix some of these issues. And, I, and I'm telling you, in the last year, we've been able to make some like some headways on on, on key uh, on key issues. Not everything, uh, but this is a, a good example. Uh, in some of the schools as well, decisions that were made that didn't make sense, uh, we pushed the government to change our position. So this is also our role. Um, but again, I, I think it would have been the communication was lacking, especially the, when we think about the uh, uh, the second and the third wave. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it was uh, a lot of communication that was not happening. Uh, uh, how it, I mean, how it should have been, uh, how it should have been done. Yes, I, 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 I think you probably make a good point there. Uh, but it's very hard for you as the leader of a party in the middle of a pandemic to compete with a premier who basically has a press conference any day he wants and is on the front page and the lead. And that's, nor- that's not normal, but it's yeah. just, you know, and, and so I'm, how do you compete with that? Uh, it's very hard to compete with that. I mean, it's, in all honesty and honesty, uh, it's, it's very hard because he has the mic. He can say whatever he wants. Uh, he has uh, people covering uh, for, but, but there is also the element where at some point in time, like they, the government needs to realize that this is not a normal situation, and they like the situation the way it is because they are yeah. like prime time, uh, sharing whatever information they want, having no opposition. A good example of that is last week we were in session, but this week we're not, and they're passing a number of uh, of decree uh, that that don't make sense, and we're questioning yeah. those decrees. But uh, so, so the democracy uh, has uh, has taken a step back. There's no question in my mind that we're like we, we are. Uh, we, we took a step back, and we need to get back into a situation where it's normal. We can ask questions. Uh, we can really challenge the government. And right now, it's harder to do uh, to do this. And the government has a tendency not to be transparent on a number of issues, and we definitely need to challenge them. So yes, it's hard, but it's also our responsibility to push for, to push uh, forward, and that's what we'll we'll continue to do. And I think things. Uh, as uh, as the pandemic uh, hopefully is uh, is getting behind us, we're going to be able to do that uh, in uh, in the fall. Uh, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, what do you say? And I I pretty much know what your answer will be, but you know the pundits are saying that the next Quebec election in the fall of 2022, nobody could beat Legault. It's absolutely impossible. Obviously, you disagree with that. I totally disagree with that <laughs> because I uh, know I totally disagree with that because the. Uh, right now, people are right into the pandemic. At the end of it, they're hopefully they want to get out and they're not focused on politics. But in 2022, people will have to ask themselves, what kind of Quebec that you want? Is it an inclusive one? Is it one focused on people, focused on real issues? Uh, Mr. Legault has, uh, has said many times, you know, he doesn't believe in a number of issues that are critical. That systemic racism doesn't believe in that, doesn't believe in the, the issue that we have. Uh, a shortage of people working in in uh, in, in in different sectors uh, in the region. It doesn't believe in that. Doesn't want to name some of the issues, but still goes right ahead with a tunnel that's going to cost us ten billion dollars at, at at a at a minimum. So these yeah. are things that I think people are going to be a lot more concerned with when it's time to uh, get into an election. Right now, people are focused on just getting out of the house and. And, and see their family members and friends, and that's what people want want, want to do. And I and I can't blame them. Yeah, I'll end with one final question, and that's kind of the news of the day. What is your opinion of the new Quebec Conservative Party? They seem to be making a lot of headlines, and they say they're going to try to get people from the CAC and from the Liberals to join them. 
You know, uh, well, I don't know if they're going to find a lot of liberals to join them, but what I can tell yeah. you is democracy is democracy, right? Uh, so yeah. uh, it's the uh, it, it, people want to want to bring new ideas. I think they're very uh, right wing ideas that I uh, obviously don't share. Uh, but this is part of democracy, uh, and uh, right. and we have to be uh, we we have to be uh, fine with that. Terrific. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for your time. It is such a pleasure talking to you. You're, you're so well-spoken, and I, I, I really can't wait to see you in the debates uh, in the next election. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to do well. Thank you very much for joining me, and the best of luck to you. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure. all the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.